Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Vicarious Living, welcome back to the podcast, kids. Tonight, continue on our OC journey. OC season three, episodes sixteen and seventeen. Again, HBO Max, where you go for all your OC needs. Per usual, wind and pipes in the virtual podcast studio tonight. Before pipes calls in, let's take care of a little business housekeeping. Contact information by carieslivingpod at gmail.com. Send us an email. Reach out. We love to hear from the kids. Also, check us out on Instagram by carieslivingpodcast on the gram. It's a great page. A lot of time, a lot of energy is spent. A lot of photoshops. Some of them look really professional. Some of them look not professional at all. Some are funny. Some are not funny. Either way, find us on Instagram. Like our photos anyways. And slide into our DMs. Ask about some of our swag situations. We've got plenty. Okay. On tonight's pod. If you recall, Johnny is now dead. Volchek is back. We're moving into a new era of the OC in season three. And that is the Volchek, Marissa, Ryan, Sadie era. A lot going on on tonight's pod. I'm anticipating some explosiveness per usual. But while Pipes calls in, let's transition with a little previously on the OC. If you haven't watched the OC in a while, here's what you've missed. I'm not interested in Chris, right? I'm prove it. Just come down, Johnny, please. You're glad he's gone, aren't you? I'm not even going to answer that. What do you want? You. Late night last night? Boy likes girl. Girl has access to influential father. Boy's boss needs to close a deal. I'm in. You're in? Caleb would have been proud. Where's the line? I'm not worried about you knowing where the line is. Are you a friend of Johnny's? I'm his cousin, Sadie. I was wondering if I could give you a hand. We got unfinished business. Come on! We should take our pants off. You were coming if you didn't want to see me. Go away. What the hell is he doing here? Welcome so, to the you- Thunderdome, bitch. Oh, how's the audio quality? Um, sounds all right. I called in on my phone just because it seems to be way more stable than my internet at exclusively podcast times. If the audio sounds fine. Okay, cool. Um, should we uh, start up this podcast? I mean, that's where life begins. Episode 16, The Road Warrior. I would also call this the... Ryan pull the fucking band-aid off the Marissa relationship yeah. episode. <laughs> Starts off. I, I just wanted to cover this. This isn't like honestly a huge part of the plot, but I just want to cover that the cops show up at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Because Johnny died. Right, right. And at what point does like the OCPD desperately wants marissa locked up for murder <laughs> so bad 
eventually. I mean, if she <laughs> eventually died, spoiler alert, they would have locked her up for life, thrown away the key. They're, they connect dots in this OCPD on Marissa killing people so loosely. Like, I, I was thinking, at what point does do they just show up at their door like, hey, Marissa, we found out that there's this girl. Um, you don't really know her, nor is there any connection of you to her, but she goes to your school. She OD'd on heroin last weekend. I know she lives like 30 minutes away from you, but we still need to interview you and get a statement. It's, uh, it's almost like the LAPD with OJ. Like, didn't get him on murder, but eventually they got him on breaking and entering and robbery like 20 years down the road. Yeah, when he wanted his autographs back. <laughs> his, yeah. He wanted his memorabilia back. Yeah, <laughs> essentially that was his murder trial, like his redo of the murder trial. But right. yeah, so you're you're exactly right. The cops know deep in her heart, Marissa is evil and deserves to be in prison, and they're going to stop at nothing to make sure that happens. All they had on her was they found a half-written breakup, seventeen-year-old breakup letter at the bonfire on the beach, and the OCPD is trying to pin the murder, Johnny's accidental death, falling off a cliff. Run the autopsy; you can see he's his body is riddled with alcohol and probably other substances. Yeah, it might have been spurred, not to get too in the weeds on this, but it might have been spurred by the insurance company trying to get out of the liability of his death by calling it like instead of an accident, which they would be on the hook for to do a payout by calling it suicide. And if they can prove that he is all distraught over a girl, maybe he didn't slip off the cliff. Maybe he jumped. Yeah. um... By the way, you know what it reminded me of? Like, do you know where at first I thought they were going to go with it? That, um... Uh, it's been a while and I don't remember any of the details of the case. Do you remember like two years ago, where is that teen girl who got her boyfriend to kill himself? No. I have a vague familiarity about it, but people listening might know. It was this girl. She, I think she went to prison or she went to trial for sure about it. But for whatever twisted reason, she kept sending her boyfriend or her ex-boyfriend or something texts where she really wanted him to kill himself. Jesus. And he did. So to connect it to this, are we saying that Marissa was secretly like using inception to get Johnny to kill himself? So she just didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> well, that, that's what I thought. Maybe they're going to try and make, make it seem like the letter was something like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I can see how you're connecting that. I don't remember that story at all, but pretty diabolical oh, by that chick. Horrible. I mean, just, just bad, bad times all around. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, dude, with technologies these days. You just you leave a trail. If you, if you try and get your boyfriend to commit suicide, you really, through text, you really leave a trail <laughs> of guilt. Um, but, but you were talking about the insurance company. This is important because this is the whole reason why Ryan fortuitously needs to take a road trip with Sadie. He sure does. Sure needs to be trapped in the car on a road trip. We get very excited about these fortuitous trap situations. They were like our dream scenario of happening. 
like you get trapped fortuitously in a car in an elevator somewhere with the girl of your dreams and you just have unlimited time to like put in some work yeah you have focused like uninterrupted basically it's the it's the time where a mediocre guy can really shine uh-huh yeah like he can't immediately just lose interest and bail it's like she has to go through like a couple layers and be like actually this like totally average guy like maybe he's pretty cool i don't know yeah and it really resonates with these two podcasters you know talking in this virtual pod studio because if you put us in like a bar situation where there's tons of other like eligible bachelors in the mix yeah we're fucked we're too average bottom 10 percent for sure yeah we're bottom feeders now if you trap us in a vehicle for say six to seven straight hours on a road trip that's where the girl is forced to realize like we're actually not that bad we're we're actually slightly above average slightly yeah and that's a lot better than being in the bottom 10 dude so points and it's one of those things where on a surface level when we say it out loud it sounds creepy like you know goal is to try to have the girl that you're interested in trapped with you but really it comes from a good place it's not creepy at all it's like a non-creepy i want to trap you with me kind of way it's not creepy at all it's why we use the term trapped versus kidnapped yes we're not kidnapping these women we are trapping them (laughs) (laughs) right right big difference and the key is and it happens in these shows is it's not really there's some third party or some out of your control element that makes the yes your example is you get trapped in an elevator yes it's like you're luring her into your home and then locking the doors and cutting the phone lines. That's there, weird. It's, it's like the mall episode episode from season two of the OC. They were, might've been season one, actually. I don't remember, but they were fortuitously trapped to your point. It can't just be like Ryan saying, Hey, let's go on a road trip somewhere. I think we should just like go get out of town. Like let's, let's just drive to like the grand Canyon. Like fuck it. Cause that's desperate and creepy. But if there's, a third party or an outside situation that forces them. Hey, we got to go. Like, what can we do? Nothing. (laughs) Now, now fortuitously I put in the work, but anyways, they, they have to go to Brea dude. Now Brea gets about as much love as Chino does when they're talking about it. (laughs) And it's anything inland is just great. The show. It's essentially this show treats anything that isn't LA on the coast. Like it is the, dumpster the fucking fire dumpster of america (laughs) yeah so they got to go there because to your point on the insurance company insurance they're trying to like get out of having to pay any money for the 17 year old who tragically died the insurance company is trying to get out of it sadie is like i'm gonna go jack harper's place johnny's dad and get some fucking child support uh, Johnny's deadbeat dad trying to squeeze a little bit of money out of him to help uh, Johnny's mom cover some costs. Now, this guy seemingly is, before we even meet him, he's, uh, his reputation is preceding him as one of the most uh, evil pieces of shit, dirtbag guys that you can imagine. I mean, yeah, Volchek in a scene, and even Volchek thinks he's a bad dude. So that's kind of where we're at with this guy. 
I actually was going to play a clip of that scene because Volchek is supposed to go with Sadie in that fortuitously trapped car ride before Ryan shows up. And then there's this clip. What is this guy doing here? It's funny because I was just about to ask her the same thing about you. Yeah, well, you've always been kind of slow. But I'm quick at kicking your ass. Running away is more how I remember it. Ah, oh, really? Well, I'd love to jump back in the ring. You know what? Too much testosterone. Volchuk's dad used to be drinking buddies with Jack Harper, so he knows where we can find him. All right. And he can give us the address. Mm, well, I'm kind of looking forward to a road trip. You know, catching up. We'll send you a postcard. Ryan. Why don't you just write down the address? Whatever. Any chance to avoid Johnny's dad sounds good to me. I hate that guy. Thanks. I'll send him your best. So, if you're going to be with her, does that mean your girlfriend's all alone? What goes around comes around. Just real quick, who's going to be with your girl, Ryan? <laughs> it's like... Nice. Oh, God. Oh, little fucking stinger by Volchak just like digging it in because at this point Ryan has not broken up with Marissa yet correct that's an important important detail to this uh to this episode yeah about Volchak real quick he really is starting to remind me of the Joker in the Dark Knight you remember there's that clip where he's in the hospital and Heath Ledger as the Joker says this to Two-Face Aaron Eckert do I really look like a guy with a plan? You know what I am? I'm a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. You know, I just do things. I feel like that's Volchek. Like, he, he doesn't have a plan. He, he just, he wants chaos. And he, like, gets off on that. He's super unhappy deep down. And he just wants everyone else to be unhappy and that's like what gets him going. But he, he's he's a dog chasing cars. If he actually caught one, what would he do with it? I, he doesn't know. Yeah, no, he just uh, he wants to see the world burn. Great villain. That's why we like him. We'll hold on Volchek. Um, but goddamn, do they start to layer him up in the the second episode on this podcast tonight? Oh yeah, they're giving him stuff. For sure. And I, I got plenty of thoughts. We'll, we'll let that okay. be a little bit. But uh, you're right. They spend a lot of time um, developing his character in this episode and the next. Yeah. Um, but before we get to him, conveniently, while Ryan and Sadie are on this trip, this is the second awesome thing that we love about being fortuitously trapped with someone is yep. the washed out road. Washed out road. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> little bit of uh, groundwork there they're obviously on the hunt for jack harper johnny's dad um they drive out to the desert and they get a lead and uh their lead tells them oh yeah he lives in indio now he's like uh two hours away at this point it's like 10 11 at night there's no way they're going to make it to indio be able to find him so let's just hole up in a hotel aka the roads washed out Exactly. And we say the roads washed out because way back in season one of the OC, the first time this happened was with Sandy with that Rachel girl. Yep. Was it Rachel? Um, it was. Uh... Or no, no, no. It wasn't Rachel. It was. Uh... And this might be season two. Fuck. What's that? Oh, what's her name? 
Oh, her dad. She had like a dad who was Sandy's old professor or something. Oh, uh, his like college girlfriend. Yeah. I forget what her name was, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I got um, uh, it's going to bother me. I gotta there's the Washington Road episode with Kirsten and uh, that writer guy. Oh, Carter. They, <laughs> yeah, Carter, they get too drunk and they have to stay at the wine tasting. Exactly. Just, there's a classic actual. I think this is where we got the term washed out road. Uh, was from One Tree Hill, where the road actually does get washed out and they have to stay at a hotel. But it's it's an absolute staple of an OC or a, a teen drama plot line. Um, and it's a trap within a trap. Like not only are you trapped, but then you're double trapped because now you're left with no choice but to share one motel room and have a flirt situation about who gets the bed. Oh, yeah. And to, yeah. yeah, it's just yeah. I love it. It's it's the best. Uh, real quick, before I take too many points off of myself, it was Rebecca Bloom. That was the the girl. Remember, she's the one who said, man, back in the day, Sandy Cohen could smoke weed out of anything. Cocaine, <laughs> apple. Uh, a lot of it's it's really just the two R names because he got with a Rachel and a Rebecca. But anyways, they go to this hotel room. You just touched on it. That sexual tension in that fucking hotel room. You could cut that with a spoon. <laughs> oh my God, dude. She goes to take a shower. Obviously, that's the first thing you're going to do when you're trapped in a motel with someone who you both want to fuck. Such a long road trip. I got to wash all this inland empire dust off me. <laughs> Hop in the shower. Ew. Ew. Ew, get this fucking California inland bullshit off. Ew, it's dirty. So she 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 attempts to wash it off. I mean, who knows? Probably you're probably not gonna get that fully off until you're back on the coast. No, there's layers of it on. It's in your fingernails, it's gross. You gotta yeah. wash your, your hair twice. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like when you get hit with a skunk, you know, the only way to really get that inland shit off of you is tomato, take a bath in tomato juice or whatever it is, you know. Right. Also, just, I guess a more generic take that I'll throw out there. I mean, have you really stayed in a hotel room and has it been worth your the um, the fee you pay for your night stay if you don't take a shower? Like, have you ever stayed in a hotel and not taken one shower? I feel like that's weird. No, I think I always I and I travel a lot for work. Well, pre covid. And uh, yeah, I mean, every single time that I can remember, I'm showering. But yeah, I've never stayed in a hotel room without showering. So she's probably just honestly just uh, getting her money's worth. Yeah. When she comes out, though, dude, of that shower, she looks so fucking good. Like her hair's wet. You know, she's just kind of like drying it on one side. And like I was saying, the sexual tension is so thick that. He holds up a deck of cards and, you know, he's like, hey, should we, you want to play some poker? She's like, oh, what do you want to play for? He's like, oh, I don't know. And then she's like, maybe we should play strip poker. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, strip poker with just two people. I mean, amazing in this specific situation. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you touched on it with uh, her hair criminology. Good hair episode for Sadie. She had some different styles going. It really opened her look up. Sadie is very attractive to me. Uh, 
I remember when I watched this being very, very upset that things don't work out with him and Sadie because they're like completely perfect for each other. Mm -hmm. She's like, you know, got a little blue collar in her. She's she's updating this entire house for Johnny Harper's mom, which is a storyline, by the way, that makes no sense. But I mean, that's I think better for Ryan. He doesn't do well with like these highfalutin girls like Marissa. That's yeah. me, but um, they're a good fit. He screens Marissa's call. Obviously, I do the same shit, dude. Here's here's <laughs> my hot take on this call screen because he screens the call when when he's uh, playing poker with this sexualized flirt he's got going on. I think Ryan is actually super into the drama. I think he's one of those dudes that he needs to be with a girl, a woman. <laughs> who you see that? He needs to be with someone who is high maintenance as fuck. I think that's true. My hot take is I think Ryan is showing us that what he wants, though, when he's got a high maintenance girl, given all this drama is someone who's going to like go through all of it and make it fun with a smile on her face. And that's kind of what Sadie does, because Sadie's in the midst of some insane drama right now. This is a great take, by the way. I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm picking up what you're laying down. Like, A, so let me see if I got it straight. A, Ryan craves drama. Yeah. I agree. B, he likes the drama that Sadie's bringing to the table because she's getting into the mix. She's on this mission to go drive randomly in the desert and find this dirt bag and like get money from him to square things off with Johnny. He doesn't yeah. really care about Johnny. He just likes that this girl's on a quest. And then to your third point, like she's having fun while she's doing it. It's like, hey, he's like, he's not where we thought he is. He's further. So we're going to have to get a hotel room. No big deal. Let's play strip poker. I'm going to hop in the shower. It's not just like emotionally draining drama. It's like fun drama. It's like Bonnie and Clyde, dude. Yeah. Okay. I'm with it's, you. It's Bonnie and Clyde Atwood, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what Ryan loves is like we're both on the run we're you know we're we're having fun while we're doing it though like we're we're getting chased by the cops but we're fucking in the middle of it like we're having sex while they're chasing us and stuff and then the thing <laughs> he hates about Marissa is exactly what happened like he's having fun in the midst of all this drama with Sadie playing strip poker and then Marissa calls and it's like Oh God, what's this going to be? Marissa's just going to fucking drag me down. She's going to lay out. She's probably at her lifeguard stand. She's probably brooding. She's probably just going to like lay down like all of this super depressing shit and just like drag me into it. And that's not the kind of drama Ryan likes. Ah, that's why you screen the call. Exactly. That's why you flip open your flip phone. You just press the side button. Yep. Great take, BD. Thanks. Um, should we zag? Do you have any thoughts on Dr. Roberts and Julie? Um, I had this written down. It's probably my biggest thought, uh, most prominent thought about Dr. Roberts. He's like a big guy. He is yeah. just a big man. Like he's not fat by any means. I don't know how tall he is. He seems pretty tall, but he just has a thick torso, just a big trunk on him. It's funny you're saying that because when I was watching this episode, there was that scene where 
him and Julie like had just had sex and they were putting their clothes back on like really quick. They did like a secret sex sesh in the living room or something. Oh, yeah. And and I felt the exact same way. I was like, but I was thinking about it more in terms of him having sex. And I just kept thinking like, God, I would not want to watch him have sex. <laughs> and I think it's because like he's, yeah, he's not fat, but he's just like big and sweaty. And he's like a little flabby. There's a lot of man. Like, dude, when I'm watching a guy have sex, I'd yeah. be like a yeah. ripped hot guy, you know? Like a more the, toned guy. Yeah. Yeah. Tan, toned, you know, whatever. Trying to broad yeah. shoulder waist. Yeah. I know your type. That hot swimmer's body, dude. Just saying. But, and we can get to this a little later if we want to touch on them. But uh, the other thought I have just dude loves to propose, apparently. He's just a hopeless romantic. I don't know what it, yes, and I don't know what it is, but that storyline, I just cannot, like, get invested in emotionally. It's because it's so shoehorned in. It is. It's like, we've never really met Dr. Roberts. They just have decided, like, okay, this guy should obviously be more of a character. He should have been from the get-go. Like uh, we talked about on episodes before, they should have fleshed out his uh, relationship with Seth a little bit more because I feel like there's some juice there. Um, but it's shoehorned in. It's like Julie's poor. We got to find out a way to make her not poor and depressed. Uh, let's just make this relationship happen. Yeah. And I was so enthralled with the Caleb Julie drama with the Jimmy Cooper Julie drama. Like it's not Julie that's the problem. I, I think, yeah, it's just they brought this guy in way too late in the game and for me to get emotionally invested in season three with an adult is just tough but uh the other thing i was the only other thing i was saying about their storyline is at one point he's teaching julie how to golf and um you know hollywood (laughs) has has really like made teaching a female how to golf like a really fun sexual like flirtatious situation of like the guys always kind of standing behind her he's got his arms around her showing her how to move her hips oh yeah it's just in my personal experience trying to teach my significant other how to play golf it has not gone like that uh yeah um i could see that i think that's probably something that hollywood has gotten wrong over the course of the years (laughs) Is intern Whitney just disgusted with this take? I think she might be asleep next to me. Yeah, she's definitely asleep, so she will not hear this take live. But yeah, there's probably a little chauvinism uh, coming out. Yeah, no, uh, my life partner. I don't. I don't know if she would like to partake in an activity where I'm just sitting there for about 45 minutes, just telling her what to do over and over and over, or just dry humping you from behind. A golf swing is like okay. All right, square. Okay, no feedback, feedback, no, a little bit further. It's the, that's a just disaster. Yeah, I'm not even that good at golf. It, it's just the teaching someone else that game is just, it is not as fun as TV shows and movies make it seem like it is horribly frustrating. The time <laughs> that I was trying to teach Anna how to golf, we were on our honeymoon and it was like, you know, you got seven days of act, you know, you got to kill time for seven days. And one of the days, it's this really sweet, all inclusive resort. They had a golf course there. We rented some clubs 
and how it realistically went the whole time she's never played golf before is we spent the first six holes trying to just figure out if she's right-handed or left-handed <laughs> oh you so you just like went and just dove in the deep end and started yeah. flying nice I yeah like just that. dove right in by hole seven we realized she is left-handed but she swings <laughs> a club better if she swings the right-handed clubs so we we just committed to okay she's <laughs> we're gonna go with we're gonna go with the right-handed thing and then fast forward to like for the next seven or eight holes i'm just screaming at her relentlessly our pace of play is horrendous there's probably like people stacked up behind us like wanting us to hurry the fuck along and then eventually we just get to like hole 15 i like i said i'm not good at golf she's already thrown like because they just give you like three or four balls like one sleeve or whatever she had already flung all of her balls out of bounds by by hole uh 14 all of mine were gone too and we just like quit like we just walk off the course we don't even finish the 18 nice flaccid well did you at least get behind her and put your arms over hers and like show her how to to swing it at least once like hollywood no no, that's the thing is really the only way i can think to show someone how to play golf is to like you just have them look at you and you do your own swing and then you're sitting there going like see see what my hips are doing here you see how i'm how i'm like moving the weight the weight is shifting from my back foot to my front foot you see how that's going anyways so that's my only thoughts on dr roberts and julie cooper i've never heard that story i love the thought of you and uh how again just Going out and ripping 18. First time playing golf. 14. <laughs> we ripped 14, 14 hard. Sadie and Ryan, they do find Johnny's dad. Yep. He uh, lives up to the hype. He is a massive dick. I, I didn't really understand the resemblance because Johnny's like five, seven and a half and, uh, a, you know, 140 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. His dad was like six, four. Yeah, he probably got his mom's side of the family. I bet you they're a bunch of uh, willowy humans. Yeah. So Ryan gets his ass beat, obviously. Yeah. The show's like Ryan hasn't had his ass beat in a while. Yeah, it's been too long. It's been like almost half a season at this point. Um, definitely one of my worst nightmare things where you're you're out with uh, a girl or whatever. You know, It doesn't even have to be. You're out with someone who just gets you beat up. <laughs> yeah. This is exactly what Sadie does. And I don't know, Marissa, this wasn't really her style, but Sadie starts getting in these guys' face and they get in her face. And it's just like, I don't know if she's doing the math, like the game theory math of like, okay, there's five of these guys. I'm going to start yelling at them. They're going to start coming back at me aggressively. The guy I'm with is also kind of a hothead. So he's going to insert himself into the situation. And then it ends with him just getting beat up. Like, so I don't think she's really thinking through all those scenarios, but that's always my worst fear or nightmare is I'm somehow going to get the shit beat out of me at a bar. Because Whitney's was... popping off? Yeah, because Whitney's popping <laughs> off. Yeah, that is funny. That that it, it is a horrible fear, and, and it would suck if your lady is just, like, constantly running her mouth. And then, yeah, the guys are never going to, like, beat her ass. So then you're right. obliged to step in and just get dominated. Yeah. It sucks, but the, the what the, the upside? An anxiety-causing moment. Uh, luckily, I don't know. 
I don't think uh, Whitney's popped off at any random strangers in recent memory. So we're good there. Yeah. The upside to all of this, though, after, you know, if that's going to happen to you, the upside after you get your ass beat is if you double back and go revisit those gentlemen who just beat the shit out of you afterwards, there's always this inherent, like built in respect that now everyone has for you because they just beat the shit out of you. And it's like, you came back, you know, want more like, Hey, that didn't, that didn't beat me down. I'm still standing. That's the number one. Role. I wonder if that works in life. I think it probably does. It's like, um, like our guy, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback. He just kept getting thrashed and he just kept popping back up and won the locker room over that way. Uh, happens in tons of movies. Have you ever seen the movie cool hand Luke? No, is that uh, so hot in 1960s? Uh, James Dean? And then Paul Newman. Oh, Paul Newman. Yeah. Still super hot. He's probably at the peak of his hotness powers. Yeah. And it, it's like a prison movie. And uh, he's got like a beef with the biggest guy in jail, picks a fight with him. And the scene is probably five minutes long of this huge guy in jail just punching him in the face and he knocks gets knocked down and he somehow drags himself up and probably gets hit in the head no less than 30 times and by the end of it these two guys are best friends oh yeah he gets his shit rocked and uh i think it works so good call by ryan like just getting back in the mix i think that's the only language these uh meathead type guys living out in the desert would speak Oh, hundred percent. Like they are never going to go to words first. They go to fist first. And then after they get all that aggression out physically, now it's like, they're all cool to actually, you know, use words to have conversations. But there was this, clip. there was this, <laughs> there was this uh, clip I wanted to play though, of Ryan connecting with Johnny's dad. Here it is. Oh, man. Well, you must be dumber than you look. I just want to talk. I got nothing to say to you. Good, you can listen. Oh, man. My father did a lot of bad things. Drank, beat up my mom, my brother and me. That's a real sad story, kid. But the worst thing he ever did was go away. Leave my mom with nothing. No money, we had no shot. Any chance we had a better life. Yeah, pretty much disappeared. What do you want me to do about it? Make things right with Johnny. It's a little late for that now, don't you think? I mean, it's not like Johnny never even know. Maybe, maybe not, but... You will. I don't know why that did the trick, to be completely honest, because it seemed like from all the scenes so far, like Johnny's dad just didn't give a shit that he had a son or that his son died. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's kind of a sociopath. So yeah, I don't know how that worked. But anyways, it did. The guy comes out with an envelope of money and gives him the money, and so it's like, okay, we're good to go. Yeah. In all honesty, it was probably like an envelope with like six hundred dollars worth of cash in it. Yeah, there's so three like- years of child support. <laughs> and my son just died. Here's his. Yeah. I mean, how much money would that need to have been to save the house? I mean, I'm sure the whatever was in the envelope could uh, float the mom for a couple months so she could at least figure out her next move. 
So are we saying like 5K in that envelope? 10? Mm. I can't I, see that guy giving more than that. No, I think it's lower. I think he gave I think he gave Ryan like maybe under a thousand dollars worth of cash in that envelope. And that's all he's gonna get, but it's something. Is that enough to pay a couple months of that inland bullshit Johnny's house rent? No. It's not enough to solve the problem, but it's enough to maybe uh I don't know, kick it down the road a little bit. Yeah, whatever. Either way, who cares about Johnny's mom? <laughs> who cares? Uh, Johnny's mom. Yeah, Johnny's mom. I didn't understand yeah. the move. So episode ends with Ryan and Marissa, dude. They finally are going to have this chat. Now it's belated. This has been, they've needed to have this chat for a long time. And we, we must add that although there were some flirt shenanigans going on in the hotel, Ryan did sleep on the floor and uh, was an honest gentleman. He did not cheat on Marissa as their relationship status was still technically together. Correct. Kudos to Ryan. I, I was thinking like when he was in the, if, if you're with a girl who looks like that and your relationship is on the severe rocks, like it was to not hook up with her after she gets out of the shower in that motel room points, not points really, but like just kudos to him for, having the willpower let's play that clip though of uh, them finally breaking up i called you yesterday no um Uh, this is hard you don't have to say it no i do it's not because of johnny or what happened with trey or anything else no i know it's just not working believe after everything we've been through we've got nothing left to say we never were that good with words anyway uh so i'll I'll see you in school yeah see ya this breakup to me you know everyone 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 whenever they get broken up with they say oh it's mutual it's mutual it's mutual (laughs) yeah no yeah no no (laughs) it's mutual for sure this one though actually felt mutual <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah it did and uh, hopefully you're playing the song behind us right now uh i can please do it was a cover version of forever young i don't know who's saying it but it's a very good i would say perfect song for this mutual breakup scene yeah great song and um you know when this song is playing too the thing that is happening simultaneously is they do the breakup call sadie just shows up at ryan's pool house with a deck of cards mm-hmm. and is like hey you ready for round two or something like that and then marissa on the lifeguard stand brooding her ass off and who walks up smoking a cigarette Volchek Kevin Volchek somehow he finds her there I have no idea how he must have been just stalking her for the whole evening yeah again wait on wait on all the stalking thoughts because those are coming in this next episode but uh, uh but yeah to your point it 
instead feel like a pretty even-handed mutual breakup. Ryan made the call, spoke the words first, but Marissa had been uh, sabotaging the relationship for the past uh, number of months and was probably uh, feeling the same way. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think both of us have had those situations in life where like that call finally happens, whether you're initiating or someone else does. In our case, it's usually the other person's initiating. And so maybe we haven't, maybe we don't know. (laughs) Maybe we're not in the camp of mutual. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Oh, we've been there. We've been there. No, a mutual break. Yeah. Totally. No, we're, we're the ones who got initiated with, and then we're sitting there saying it's mutual at the end when it's clearly not. Um, okay. Let's go back to that song though. As we train. Oh no, wait, hold on. Hold on. One more quick thought about this episode. What did you think of Sadie's move showing up that night? They had just gotten off the road, correct? Literally just gotten off. She did not know that he was going to call Marissa and break up with her like that night. Not a good move. Um, It worked. Uh, Yeah, it worked for the scene because it was a good juxtaposition of Marissa super sad uh, and lonely at the lifeguard stand where Ryan's like got some uh, some happiness uh, around the bend for himself. But if I'm her, I'm just maybe dropping them off, throwing like an afternoon text in the next day, something like that. Yeah, that's because what I was thinking. Even if he was going to break up with Marissa and he told her that and she kind of knew, like he needs that night to himself, you know, to just kind of brood his own self. It just let it breathe a little bit. Just I mean, not going to be in a great mood either. He just broke up with Marissa Cooper, his girl. Yeah. I- his... I felt it felt it was a little desperate and I felt it was a little too much. Like up to this point, I feel like Sadie has played an unreal perfect game with Ryan. Like she's been like a great game. She's been sexual when she needs to be. She's been down to earth, funny, like she's a perfect, like you said, yeah, opposite of what Marissa's bringing to the table. She's super attractive. I felt like this was the night to just play it a little more aloof. Like, you, you just had this great two days, you know, you really bonded. The, the sexual tension could not be higher between the two of you. Just let it breathe, you know, make him want it a little more. Give that night, give that night off, fire that tech. I, you know, you said a text the next day. I wouldn't even be opposed to like, you know, one, one fire of a text that night, just like a good night text of like, Hey, thanks again for coming. Just, just something. And here it is in the world of the OC, the pop in is king. Like I'm all about the pop in, so maybe pop in the next night. You know, yeah. Like get that night to be thinking about his relationships, and then have more of his thoughts be about you. Yeah. You know? Because here's the thing, dude. Whenever you're in a breakup, even though you have just spent like a really long time really wanting to break up, right when you do it. There is like a seller's remorse. Maybe it's not seller's remorse, but it's like a, I've had this routine in my life. I've become very comfortable. I've had someone who cares about me, all this stuff. And now it's gone. Yeah, I feel There's like you're missing a limb. Yeah. Now, so even if you initiate the breakup, you're still going to notice that hole is, is now there, you know? So anyways, my point of all this is to say, 
if Sadie doesn't show up when Ryan initially starts to have those thoughts of like, there's a hole in his life from Marissa, you don't want Sadie there. You want him still thinking about Sadie and have that counteract it, you know, like thinking about Sadie. Now there's a Marissa hole, but I'm thinking about Sadie. If Sadie's there, I think you're just thinking about the Marissa hole and not the Sadie thing, you know, yeah, she's, she, she's got to let the thought of herself fill his thoughts of yeah. Marissa, not her actual corpus. Right. So anyways, we wish Sadie wouldn't have shown up. She's, she's been a little bit. That's all. Yeah. Just let it breathe. All right. Let's go back to that song transition into episode 17 forever young. Episode 17, The Journey. This is a Ryan Breakup Limbo episode mixed with it's his 18th birthday. Yes, big birthday episode. Now we did get Don Atwood 2.0 in this episode. Boy, was I nervous the first time watching this when she showed back up. Were you nervous? I kind of like when Don's... She just delivered so much drama for like one episode in season one that was amazing on Casino Night. So I don't hate her. Well, whenever somebody comes into the OC bubble to try to like ruin the way things are, I just, I get nervous. Don Atwood comes into the bubble like a hurricane. Yeah. Sandy is trying to get Don Atwood, Ryan's mom, to fly with him from Albuquerque, New Mexico, where she now lives back to Orange County to celebrate her son's 18th birthday. Yes. I don't know why that's such a tall ask <laughs> for Don Atwood, mom of the year, but uh, apparently it is. Well, there's one detail you're missing out when he first gets to Albuquerque, she's in prison. Yeah. I didn't catch. What was that for? Did we get that? Uh, writing bad checks. <laughs> okay. And there's a scene where like, so you're like, oh, that sucks. Ryan's mom's in, in prison for writing bad checks. And then at a certain point, uh, so I guess she's not going to the birthday. And then Sandy shows back up and gets her out. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just, I just made some calls. <laughs> made a couple of calls. So it's like, who is Sandy calling to get an inmate out of prison for fraud? In New-, New Mexico. In a completely different state. Look. I love Sandy. I wrote that same thing down myself. I was like, I don't understand how far this guy's reaches as a lawyer. And he's not even a lawyer anymore. Now he's like a real estate mogul, but he still knows he still like practices law in his free time. He just make a couple calls. okay i don't know much about law but like i really feel like the state by state like lines between like lawyers and stuff is very critical like isn't it that you that you uh have to take the bar like in that specific state that you're going to be practicing in uh yeah absolutely so like 
one of our friends. He's in Chicago. I don't know where he is. Chicago, I think Illinois. Whatever. He's, would he be? Uh, would he be the podcast lawyer if you needed him? Uh, probably. Damn Would he throw it in pro bono? Who knows? If maybe. Got sued for all the music that we play for free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of copyright infringement on this podcast. Um, but we'll, we'll reach out. His whole thing is he's thinking about moving back to Cincinnati, and the whole thing was he didn't really know if he was going to because he already took the bar and passed it in Illinois. And it, that's like a huge thing. And it sucks to do that, like to take it and everything. Cause laws are all different by state. So if he wanted to move back to Cincinnati, he'd have to like retake the bar for Ohio. And, and he just like really doesn't want to do that. So again, if it's so divided by state like that, what connections does Sandy have outside of California? Right. I don't know. And as similar to you, I do not know much about the law, but my thought was always that lawyers main job was keeping their clients out of prison. But I didn't realize that once said clients pro bono, by the way, because it's Sandy, obviously nobody's <laughs> uh, were in prison. They could just swoop in and get them out. It was the loosest. Let's just play the clip of what Sandy says. Sandy, I still don't understand how you did this. I made some calls. The charges are dropped, but in exchange, you're going to have to enroll yourself in a substance abuse program and make full restitution to the people you defrauded. Well, I, I don't have the money for that. I took care of it. And you don't owe me anything. All you have to do is go to your son's birthday party. The plane leaves at five. It was the loosest. He just goes, like, hey, I, I know that you were like convicted in front of a judge and jury or whatever, and you've been convicted and sentenced to the sentence, but I made a couple calls to the state I don't practice in and you're good to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Don Atwood is free to go. Don Atwood gets out. Meanwhile, Ryan's got an 18th birthday coming up, dude. Yep. Big one. And I would say 90% of this episode is essentially is he going to invite Marissa and is he going to invite Sadie? That's 90%. Uh, yeah, a lot of meat on that phone. Apparently my birthday party. I think the OC does this by the way, every once in a while, look, they had 25 episodes to fill in this season. So they just are coming off these explosive, like Johnny, he died episode and, you know, it's a new world order with Volchek coming back and Sadie and everything. And they kind of just needed like a filler episode. And I feel like this one was filler. And by the way, I don't hate those filler episodes because every once in a while I needed to breathe. I needed a little bit of let's just let's just go light. Let's just have a, a nice little snack right now. I don't need a Thanksgiving meal of drama. So the snack in this one is Ryan he decides that he is going to invite Sadie to his birthday party, shows up to her place, clip. Just so you know, uh, I didn't invite Marissa to the party. Oh. Yeah, I decided. It wasn't what I wanted. Ryan, um, the reason I can't come to your party, the friend I was meeting in L.A., um, that's the guy I was saying. He just wants to talk things over. So, what does that mean? I don't know. I guess it means I finally have to make a decision. Doesn't come right out with that first. Just says, mysteriously, is going to meet a friend in L.A. 
it's almost like I feel like Sadie realized she made a massive mistake in the game by <laughs> showing up at Ryan's that night. And yeah. she just like needed to get the power back. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, but you're probably spot on. Yeah, dude. It's like she was in the second quarter. You know, the other team went on a 15-0 run. But the Sadie that we know and love, she wasn't down and out, dude. She she weathered the storm. And then in the third quarter, she came right out and told Ryan that she has a boyfriend, an ex-boyfriend in LA that she's going to go see instead of going to his birthday party. And she herself went on a 7-0 run, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, you say it once, say it again. Sadie does has fantastic game. She knows what she's doing out there. Um, question, we have not gotten a Sadie Ryan kiss yet, have we? There's no, no. kiss in else. Okay. No, but that romance is brewing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is brewing real hard. How does she stack up with some of Ryan's other flings? We have... Lindsay, the redheaded uh, fling he had in season two, Caleb's daughter. Right. Uh, Teresa. Oh, God. Season one. Is that it? Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Unless we're just missing a super obvious one. I think it's those two plus Marissa, obviously plus seemingly the dozens of dozens of women that he was with in Chino right before he got to the OC. Like that, a cool confidence experience. So are we going to say then that where are we ranking Sadie? I mean, I think she's number one because Teresa sucked ass and so did Lindsay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So Sadie's number one in the Ryan Fling category. Yeah. Should we touch on Volchek? Should we should we now have the, the big uh, what's happening with Volchek conversation? Yeah, let's get into Volchek. It's time. Volchek starts creeping around and like stalking Marissa aggressively. Like a, a coyote. He's just lurking around in the bushes. Uh, his game, while while we're sitting here talking about how much we love Sadie's game, like Volchek's game sucks, dude. Oh, yeah, it's awful. Hey, but here's the thing. So it just, I guess, a little bit of backstory as to why they're even in the same vicinity as one another. We touched on it a little bit last time, but Volchek is pretty messed up about Johnny's death. Yeah. And there's a scene where he kind of explains it pretty well. It was a pretty salient point by Volchek. I didn't really know he could rub thoughts together. Uh, But at a certain point, he says that. It's just, you know, when your mom will say, like, uh, why can't you be more like Timmy? Well, that was Harper. And it pissed me off. But I got it. You know, things things were supposed to work out for him. But he died. And it doesn't make sense. So he like Johnny was the good version of Volchek. Yeah. I uh, talk about poignant moments. I mean, goddamn. It, to your point, it's the first time that he's ever said something where I'm like, oh, fuck. I guess that makes sense. You summed it up pretty good. Like he's the golden boy. 
that uh, everybody thinks is great and he can do no wrong and he gets all the stuff over you and looks better doing it and is nice. Mm-hmm. You're kind of a piece of trash. And then all of a sudden that guy dies. What does that make you? Like, yeah. trash. Here's how I kind of make an analogy to, to that. Uh, Cause I was trying to think of like, do I ever, do I have that in my life with anyone? But the, what I was connecting it to is, you know, there's like salt of the earth people that, you know, right. Oh, yeah. The nicest human being in the world. Anything bad happens to those people. You and your mind go, what the fuck to them? It's going to happen to her. Why would that happen to her? That should not. She's such a good person. That should literally be happening to me or someone else, but it should not be happening to someone who's that nice. They're way nicer than I'll ever be. And that's how I kind of felt like it must've been in Volchek's head of like, this isn't right. Yeah, so in a surprising turn, Volchek has, I wouldn't say he has feelings, but maybe he has a feeling. Like Volchek summons this one feeling, and that's how he connects with Marissa. Now, you don't know if it's a legitimate connection or part of his plot to just like get back at Ryan as a rival. I know. So that's kind of like lingering under the surface. But it's one of those things where Volchek, all he has to do to get in with Marissa as we know, as viewers, is just display one ounce of vulnerability. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then mixed with the fact that he's completely covered in broken glass, danger-wise, uh-huh. he's just going to be, you know, in 100%. So Volchek doesn't have too much work cut out for him in terms of... Uh... <laughs> oh. Yeah, he literally, that one Johnny line right there, it's worth like six months of perfect gameplay with Marissa. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and it definitely, I've, I've said this on the pod, but it goes, it, it goes right in line with one of my least favorite things in life. When someone who spends 99% of their life being horrible and just a kind of a jerk does one nice thing. And then people assume that like, Oh, they're actually probably good inside heart of gold, just like troubled exterior. Like that's the real them. I need to, I need to save them. They're a good person. Whereas opposed to someone who does the right thing 99% of time in life and does one weird off character thing. People are like, Oh, that person's fake as shit. They're actually, (laughs) I know, I guess it probably, you could hold up a celebrity is a better example of somebody's like spent their life cultivating a bad boy image, just gone to jail, drugs, and then just, shows up out of nowhere and and donates a bunch of money to charity one random day people are like oh my god that's that's the real him yeah that's him it's people want to just find that one thing and and take their whole personality on the one thing versus the 99 others yep it's weird uh so where officially where are you right now i know both you and i are battling is volchek doing this to fuck with Ryan or is he doing this? Cause he's actually into Marissa. Where are you on the Volchek empathy scale right now? One to 10. Um, including his cartilage piercing or, or am I just, yeah. All inclusive. All inclusive. Okay. Um, I'm not buying it. No, I'm not buying it yet. I'll be honest. I'm at like an eight. You're with Marissa. I mean, Volchek. No, I'm with Volchek. No, Marissa's with Volchek. She's like buying this shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm with Ryan Ryan right now. 
I, uh, dude, I'm that guy who just did exactly what you said you hate. <laughs> I look at the one yeah. cool thing that Volchek did and I go, I don't know, dude. I feel like this guy's not that bad, man. Did you hear that? He's got some stuff percolating in his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it I am part of the problem. It wasn't even Volchek's thing with Johnny, like his one little gooey offering, his little nugget of feelings that he offered up wasn't even remorse or like sadness. About <laughs> no, it. it was just completely self-centered. It was about him. I was like, well, what the fuck? What, you know? Yeah. And he's just like confused why he's having these emotions and like thoughts. Cause in his mind, it's usually very straightforward. Like I don't like someone. I want to beat ass. I beat ass. Now I'm hungry. I eat now I'm horny. I fuck. Whereas now he's like, mm, what is this in my head? A complex emotion and thought. It, the weird thing is, and we can, I mean, we could get into this forever. We haven't even touched on it yet. Like if you're Marissa, like I'm sure she's upset about uh, getting dumped by Ryan or whatever. That's uh that makes sense. Um, one of just uh, this guy's paying her attention, being nice to her, wants to spend time with him. That part of it makes sense a little bit, but her best friend Johnny just died and had was head over heels with her. Her next move is going to be potentially getting together with this guy who made <laughs> Johnny her best friend who just died life, a living hell. I think it's just like one of those things of, you just want to feel something, you know, yeah. and, and she's so sick and tired of feeling all these different emotions and feeling sad that she's like, I just want to feel something other than sadness. Yeah. They connect on that, that, uh, that level of just intelligence. Yeah. Low. Security. God, it's so low. Uh, anyways, Final thing from this episode, the Ryan birthday bash. Um, three key thoughts from me. One, why do they have no other friends? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, these shows all do it. And I think it's literally just because it would be too difficult to weave like a big high school friend crew. It is. And, and we did see it on Beverly Hills 90210. They essentially had like eight characters. They didn't have a core four. They had a core eight. And it was really hard to keep up with all of them because there were so many main characters. But it's just weird that there's not, I don't know. It's just, it throws me off so bad because I'm like, are they cool? Because it seems like they're cool. Like summer and Marissa are always in conversations for winning like homecoming queen and prom queen and stuff. So, so they're the cool ones in the school, but yet they only have three friends. The way I view it and can kind of rationalize it is Seth never had friends. We know that he was he never alive. did. Yeah. Ryan came in from uh, a completely different universe, AKA Chino different tracks, trash doesn't know anybody. His only friend is Seth who does not, not have friends. So that all checks out. However, Marissa and Summer, like you said, in theory are the most popular girls in school. Maybe did they kind of like give that lifestyle up to hang out with these two nerds? I don't know. But the fact that they don't even have like loose friends is so weird to me. Like they invite they have to essentially invite homeless people off the streets to fill the bait shop for Ryan's 18th birthday party. They do invite homeless people off the streets. <laughs> <laughs> <They> literally, <laughs> yeah, I know. 
That's what I'm but saying. I, it doesn't ring true to high school. In, in high school, unless you're completely a loner, you could fill a gigantic party with three texts. Let's get, said, yeah, let's get 50. But where are they? You know, where are they? <laughs> where are um, thought two on Ryan's B-Day bash. Marissa shows up for a second. She's like, maybe I hold on to my past a little bit. Maybe I do it. And she shows up and she's got a Ryan mix CD that she has made. As we know, that is a surefire way into someone's heart as you make a mix CD. By the way, can I pause you real quick yeah. and use that to go back a couple steps? That mixed CD, there is a scene where Ryan shows up to Marissa's um, to I potentially invite her to this party or maybe have a, some kind of a conversation with her. She's not there. He's going to invite her. He, he has the note. Yeah, he's going to, to invite invitation. He sees that CD. He puts it on. Nice little device in the show. We start hearing this uh, acoustic song. I'm not sure it was a pretty decent song. And it starts a montage of Marissa, who is for some reason going to see Volchek. And she is in the house that they burned down, the model home. Model home. This montage of all these flashbacks meeting Ryan. And I think that's where she starts to get the feels real bad. Yeah. So yeah. jump back to the future. She shows up with that next day at the birthday party. Yeah. So she's just got all these these regrets or feelings that are coming back to her. She's like, I'm going to give this another go. And you can tell it's just a fleeting thought because as soon as she, as soon as she gets there and she sees Ryan, she realizes, what am I fucking doing? I've been down this path. I have given him this hypothetical mix CD to make up with him. So many times in the past, and we always just end up right back here. So for the first time, she actually just like turns on a heel, bounces out. And that little fleeting moment you have after you break up with someone is now squashed. It's done. Leads me to number three. Sadie shows up clip. I told him I couldn't make it. It felt like time to make a choice. Glad you came. Essentially, she's just like, fuck that random dude in LA, dude. Ryan, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, like, decision made. Like, cool. Sick move. Maybe she even made that story up because she's that good at game. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I bought but, it. Yeah. She shows up. It was awesome. Um, actually, I, I, um, I'm interested to know why they didn't go with the classic. Um, I'm glad they didn't because it would have been a sad, a little bit sadder ending. The classic Marissa shows up with the CD and then Sadie shows up at the exact same time serendipitously and Ryan's real excited to see her. And then Marissa's like 100 yards away with the CD and then just like, oh, shit, he's with oh. her out of here. That would have been heartbreaking. God, we've seen that scene so many times in these teen yeah. dramas. Right. So it was, it was one of those things that was probably on the whiteboard in the writer's room. They just crossed it off. I think it's just time, dude. It's like, you know, I love those scenes so much too. There's, there's if Friday Night Lights is like the king of those scenes. And so is One Tree Hill. 
And I, yeah, I think it was just like, it's just time. And they must've known that they were going to kill Marissa off. Like at the end of the season, you know, like, yeah, it's just time. Like they, they, these two needed to break up. And if they, there was even like a couple of moments in these episodes where summer and Seth are like trying to get the, the band back together, you know? And, and even when it was happening, I think the vibe, at least when I was watching it was like, just don't just, Please don't. It, it's not just let these two break up, please. Yeah, they 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 said it a couple times. It uh, yeah, there was no, there's not much enthusiasm behind it from either Seth or Summer. Um, real quick before we uh, enter the party, there's a classic line. Um, just reminded of Seth and Summer, where they're over Summer's house making out on the couch. And uh, Dr. Roberts comes in with his thick ass torso <laughs> and almost catches him. And Seth pushes Summer off and just goes, Oh, gross. I'm studying. Get off of me. <laughs> and that had to have just been ad lift. <laughs> I was, my stomach hurts so bad. Like for the dad in that scenario who comes in and sees his daughter like hooking up with her boyfriend on your couch that made my stomach hurt. But then it also made my stomach hurt for the guy who's like, golf. Hello, sir. Like all you want to do is impress the dad of your girlfriend or whatever. And he walks in on you hooking up with his daughter. Like, Oh my God. Anyways. Yeah. Good, good, funny ad libbed cover up by Seth. He's, he's unreal at those little like one liners that are clearly not in the script. But anyways, at this party, dude, I don't have any notes about the actual party besides like Sadie looks so good at this party. <laughs> she looks so good. Like yeah. Her hair is perfect. Her body is perfect. Her clothes are perfect. Her eyes are perfect. Everything about her is perfect. I, I totally forget why it doesn't work out with her and Ryan, but I'm already like pre getting myself super pissed off. Yeah, we don't need to worry about it. We're in the throes of young love right now. Yeah. Did you have any thoughts at the party? Or are you good to do uh, a wrap up sesh? Party was pretty uneventful. The whole time Seth had been hyping this big surprise and it turns out that it was a journey tribute band that turns out not to be a journey tribute band. It's foreigner, but yeah, I don't know. It was like some inside joke that we weren't in on. I mean the whole, well, the, we're kind of in on the one about Ryan's like a big journey fan and the, reason we know that is because like in season one whenever they go take road trips seth is always trying to listen to like death cab or dashboard and uh ryan's like they're always like ryan using the list a journey essentially like he just listens to don't stop believing and that's it that's like (laughs) i don't think ryan's a journey fan i think he just loves don't stop believing That was the only song on Marissa's mixtape. <laughs> it's just 14. Don't, don't stop believing. <laughs> it's just 14 of those. Um, look, more copyright infringement. Let's end with, I haven't done an MCITW, so I'm going to do it at the end, then do your MVP. First, though, my MCITW, that is the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week. It's brought to you by Wicklow Wear. Find sponsors, W-I-C-K-L-O-W Wear. Before any sport, get all your out there. Wicklowwear.com. Tap the program. Be all check it. Check it. $40 on the hooded sweatshirts. $30 on the 
t-shirts 20 dollars on the tanks get at us slide into our dms for all of our good swag situations for me on this one dude these two episodes i was looking back and i was like i think it's just got to go in general to estranged parents and that's (laughs) mainly jack harper and don atwood but both these episodes gave us a taste of just how bad estranged parents can fuck up your kids' lives, you know? <laughs> really fucks. Oh, really fucks. Both just doing so much in the shitty parenting department. And Jack Harper literally did not care or give a fuck that his that he had a son and that his son died. And Don Atwood had was given a gift of get out of jail free card, literally for fucking free from Sandy Cohen in Albuquerque, New Mexico for writing bad checks. She was given that gift. Then on top of it, given an all expense paid vacation to the coast, get out of that inland dude and go to the coast for free to see your son for his 18th birthday party. What's not to like at that deal. That sounds like a good deal to me. Jack Harper, you fucking suck. Don Atwood didn't take the deal. Literally just wrote her son a letter wishing him happy birthday on his 18th birthday. So weak, Don Atwood. Fuck you. Be free and explore. Brought to you by Wicklow Wear. Okay. MVP? MVP, as always, brought to you by the entire industry of Japanese denim, and especially their traveler jeans. Uh, <laughs> and apparently new corduroys. That you were telling them about. Yep. I wore him a special Valentine's Day night steakhouse, Carlo and Johnny, last Sunday. I wore those. Right. Um, reason I had to buy them was because quarantine situation, I have gone up a pant size in the interest. Interest. <laughs> yeah, that's been fun. And so I officially had to go and upsize my pants from a size 30 waist to a 31 to get the pants to fit. And Mm. now I am rocking some sweet traveler corduroys. Interesting. I wonder what's going to happen with all 16 pairs of your Japanese denim jeans. Hopefully get my shit in gear or I have to buy 16 new pairs of 31 thirties. Yeah. Hopefully (laughs) the, uh, the industry gets in contact with us and, uh, and sends you a, couple free pairs of 3130s yeah and corduroys where they're while they're at it i think you might be able to guess who the mvp is tonight it's none other than kevin Fulcher. <laughs> yeah uh the only guy i've seen who can pull off the hard ass vibe with a cartilage piercing yeah when he first gets introduced he is the biggest heel of all time. Like just absolute villain, no redeeming qualities. And to the point where you're like, this guy is just so over the top, weird, fake teen drama bully. At this point, they start layering him up. He gets oh, yeah. one and a half to two emotions going mm-hmm. and really inserts himself into the mix. Like to the point where you're starting to think as a viewer of this show, like, is this guy going to go full loop? Like, are they going to layer him up to the point where we start to like him? Mm, I pray to God they don't, but yeah, they do. I mean, he goes right back full heel. Absolutely. But currently he is churning up so much drama. Dude. And you're really sure if it's a good place or if it's just 
fully from a bad place. If he is, uh, if he's just a, a vortex of evil, or if he's actually trying to turn a corner and uh, and get with Marissa for real. We should have known that this was going to be his MVP episode because this was the episode we get introduced to his first name, Kevin. Kevin. This is where we find out out of the blue that his name is Kevin. I remember it like I was yesterday when Marissa Cooper shows up to that construction site when I first watched this back in 06. And she shows up to that construction site and asks the guy at the model home, have you seen Kevin Volchek? Everyone in the room that because we were watching it with like 30 other dudes. Like, we're like, what? His first name is Kevin. No one had any idea that he, he had. I thought is just I thought he was like Shakira or you know, like or Beyonce. I thought he just had one name, Volchek. So yeah, dude, they're layering him up and they're giving him a first name, MVP. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, first name, he's got a goatee. I, I absolutely don't know what was more shocking, to hear that his first name was Kevin or to see Marissa die, to be honest. <laughs> oh. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, we have spoiled uh, that Marissa dies a lot on this podcast. If you don't know that she died at this point, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Yeah, I don't know that Marissa Cooper died. We don't even, we don't know you. So it's fine. So he's your MVP. I, I, you know, the only other person I could have thought might be in consideration or in the running would have been Ryan or Sadie because of, you know, all the shenanigans that they successfully pulled off in, uh, you know, inland in Berea did, but this, this was, I mean, obviously Ryan had a good episode. Uh, Sadie (laughs) had a very good episode. Volchek was given his shot, as you like to say, and he slammed this episode. I think so, because, you know, we talk about all the time. These guys get their shots and some guys deliver. And I do feel like Volchek kind of delivered. Like, look, I hate He's the most moral character of the show. Yeah. It's like Volchek. That name is Volchek. (laughs) Remember it. Yeah, I know, dude. It's it is. It's why we play that music whenever his name comes up. Terminator music. All right, dude. Good stuff. Volchek is the MVP. This is this might be the only MVP that he gets on this podcast. So right now, got us on the hook. We're not sure if he's a good guy. You're at level eight with him, apparently. <laughs> I'm and empathizing at an eight. Because evil, it just makes it that much more painful. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, kids, thanks for coming along for this episode, this journey. We appreciate it. Episode 16, 17 said at the beginning, go to HBO Max for all of these OC episodes. But for tonight, it's getting late. Kids, it is time to wrap up this podcast. Tuck on in. And Pat, what do we tell the kids? Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less, kids. Do it less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.